Welcome to Card Slingers, coming to you coast to coast. Hi, I'm Jamie Elford from Portland, Oregon, representing the West Coast. I'm Melissa Sonova, speaking to you from the Midwest here in St. Louis. And I'm Hillary, the New Yorker. We're going to talk about what we like about the cards. And what we don't like. What we're learning. And what we're teaching. It's all about slinging them cards. Story time. (laughs) So story time. Um, One time I was doing a tarot reading at the St. Louis Pagan Picnic, which is coming up in two weekends. And I'll be there signing books and shit. And it's going to be great. Um, and, uh, this, yeah, this older man came and sat next to me or sat down and, and this was back in the early nineties when we had to play the pronoun game because not everyone was out And a lot of, a lot of you young whippersnappers don't remember this, but it was, you had to be very careful with your pronouns when you were doing tarot readings, because you didn't, maybe you knew, but the client didn't want you to know that they were queer. And so you would do a lot of things like, well, you're person they think that so i would automatically defer to they them and like kind of go you know that thing that you don't want people to know about they know and like just be very gentle about it because outing somebody could kill them they could be killed or they could be uh suicidal or they could you know um their, their whole family would fall apart in the 90s like it was a big deal like you just didn't out people you know and you still don't, by the way, anybody who outs anybody else is a fucking asshole. Um, so, because it's not always safe. So I was sitting across from this gentleman playing the game and anybody whose family, as we used to call it, or a friend of Dorothy or a queerdo, as we love to call it here on this podcast, um, understands that, that kind of fear when somebody looks into you that they might see you. So it was a nervous situation for both of us. But I sat down with him and I said, so this young person who's living with you, and I kind of looked and he's like, my nephew. And I went, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. If that's, yeah, the, if that's a terminology, yeah, exactly. that's the terminology you're using, sure. <laughs> okay. We're going to go with that. I said, your nephew is basically making a lot of money uh, or saving a lot of money, spending a lot of yours and cheating on you like a motherfucker. And the only reason that your nephew, sure, is still there is because you're still spoiling them, but they're about to bounce. And behind me, I heard, you bitch, (laughs) this young man walked away really fast. And I was like, and I I was like, the nephew, and he goes, honey, that was the cheapest breakup I've ever had. And he gave me 50 (laughs) bucks and walked away. (laughs) And it was like, Having that nuance back at the beginning of my career of gender, and then right now having people call me and say, listen, my boyfriend and my girlfriend and I are just not getting along right now. And I'm like, dude, I get it. And it's really great, you know, that in just the 30 years of our careers, because we have all been doing Tara for 30 years and we're all published authors now, just saying, that not only have our (laughs) Queer asses gotten into more comfort, more comfortable spaces with who we are and how we show the world who we are, because it's two different things. There's your, you know, you have your private sexuality and then your outward, you know, gender expression. 
And we, we're kind of figuring those out ourselves because there are whole lexicons of words that weren't invented when we started reading tarot. Because uh, I heard omnisexual and I went, oh, what the fuck is that? Come on, that's a new thing. There's a new thing already. Ugh. So it's like we're trying to keep up. Um, but uh, but we it's also a gift that the, these younger generations are giving us because now we can describe and use better words to describe our, our clients and their relationships with their partners. And so one of the things that we try to do is, is like use they them terminology as often as possible, because that was the default that I was using in the 90s. You know, that is you were ahead. You were ahead of your time. I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> I was fucking awkward about it because I, I, I used to be before I understood and learned that grammar is often like a socioeconomic issue and that being a grammar bitch is actually classes as fuck. I didn't realize that. Um, so uh, now that I know that I'm less, my ass doesn't twitch about it at all, but in the nineties, Oh, my ass was to twitch it because I could not wrap my head around they, them because it hey, didn't listen. make sense to me. Singular they them has been around for a much longer time than people want to talk about because you say that when you don't know who you're speaking of, where it's just like, you know, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Oh, it was them. They did. They did. They did. You know, it's just like, hey, look, like I don't like, I don't like like the people, like I mean, my former, my former life, I I was paid to have that grammar knowledge and that grammar expertise. But, you know, when people would start coming at me with the singular they, them, and how it was grammatically incorrect, I'm just like, mm, no, it's it's not actually right. grammatically correct. What that tells me is that in 30 years, that's going to be the norm, is that we'll refer to people as they, them, until they decide to let us no, or decide not to let us and tell us what their other you know pronouns are. And I and am so, so looking for that business. Yeah. So here we are in the in-betweens doing our best and learning our language. And, um, but now we have all of these cards from the past that are full of straight white people. And the straight part is, is what becomes confusing when you show your client, say over here, you're the king of swords. And they're like, Okay, but I'm like totally a girl or whatever. So, and that is the part where your tarot skills come into play, right? Where you look at the card and you see beyond the gender and you see instead the intent, you know? Yeah, the pages are so queer. They're so gay. Um, <laughs> to quote Margaret Show, they're so gay. Gay. Yeah. Yeah. Gay. And they're Love super Margaret. white, you know, and right away at Smith, they're super white. Um, because they're fancy and, you know, the, the, the vibes that come from them, um, like in that period, they're completely overdressed for where they are. And they're like standing in a corner, stomping their feet. It's perfect. You know, it's perfect for a dilettante, but is it perfect for, you know, like I am rather butchy. Uh, I am not a page. <laughs> I'm too old, too butchy and, and too set in my ways to be a page, you know? Um, but there's queerness all over the tarot. You just have to find it. So. The end. 
you know, <laughs> that was a short episode. Um, and I <laughs> want to give a shout out too, because where are we seeing queer folks in tarot? Um, U.S. Games popped off the Pride deck. That was really cool. But before that, it was all indie tarot decks. Um, so yeah, it was all indie tarot. Like uh, someone decided, I want to put out a deck with more black folks in it, with more queer folks in it, with two women kissing and the lovers. And it sure as fuck wasn't the big publishers first. It was independent. So my hat is off to, uh, sorry, my neck hurts. Um, uh, hats off to the independent tarot creators who make community-based decks, which is what we love to see here. And taking feedback and taking feedback for the people that we read for or potentially will mm-hmm. read using those decks and saying, I want to see myself in these well, cards. I'm- I have a slide in my head. I'm teaching at the Northwest Tarot Symposium this year, later this year. And um, and one of the slides is it has all five white people, like of the white kings. And it says, how would you feel sitting in front of a black or a person of color going, which one of these guys represents you? Which one of these old straight white guys do you feel most comfortable with? And that's literally what it feels like with gender sometimes is you have to go, oh, okay, well. I'll just make it work. Um, you, you don't have to do that anymore, but you also don't have to do that ever if you see all of the cards as certain sorts of energy. You know, this card comes across to me as very mask. You know, the Queen of Swords to me is a, like the one of the decks that I'm working on, um, my, the inspiration card is Queen Latifah and set it off because she is a lesbian in that movie. She's a fucking badass. And the Queen of Swords is kind of looking to this like, because I know she's not looking like straightforward, but in this one, her head is straightforward and she's side-eyeing the person like camera. So, and it's, it's this very strong black lesbian icon character as the queen of swords, because that's the energy that they've always had for me in the skin of a white skinny lady who is presumably straight. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of about pulling that energy out and putting it onto the cards that you're creating and it's really exciting because everybody gets different images for each card and also i'm in love with queen latifah since 1987 1987 ladies and gentlemen um anyway yeah and yeah so i just talked a lot with next listen i am shocking (laughs) (laughs) it's okay i mean What what a shock you missed me fucking love it Go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's so many great tarot decks out there. So not only did we want to talk about, you know, pride and queerness Woo-hoo! and, you know, Woo-hoo! finding yourself in the cards. Um, we also want to talk about decks that are, you know, speaking to people from the LGBTQ plus whatever your label is community. Um, and being able to see yourself in the cards, in the readings is a very powerful thing. And it's like the number one way to connect to a client, you know, like you were saying, (laughs) given, given those white Kings to uh, a black lesbian or it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Like, well, representation matters. Fucking should be. Representation matters. You know what I'm saying? Like you should feel uncomfortable if you're a tarot reader and you're putting down those cards in front of that client. You should be fucking uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? 
Yes. Because it's yeah, there's no right. excuse. There's no excuse anymore because there are tarot decks out there that are more representative. So just yeah. like, listen, if you're a tarot reader now, <laughs> like well, there's no and excuse. I've like, I'm trying to personally use the words community-based tarot because that's what it is. I'm really like, we used to say the word minorities. Let's just kill that word off. Can't we? Because it's not true. Old white man, we're coming for you. Um, but uh, let's, let's, you know, community-based tarot, that's what we're looking for. And of course, you, you know, you can't have, like, you want to have as many people in, you're going to miss up, you're going to screw up, you're going to, like, it's not going to be equally representative in any way, shape, or form, because people are weird, and publishing is weird, and artists do what artists do. But at the same time, having representation of queerness in tarot, who finds tarot cards? Mm-hmm. Teenagers. Who often feels scared about being queer? It's, teenagers you know who often smuggles a deck in the house and oh my god if they pull out a lover's card and one of them is two boys kissing and the other is two girls kissing or two trans folks kissing or two hands holding that doesn't other them immediately and if the queen like the fucking the the witch tarot what is it um when i saw that little witch on the cover who is the magician who is a young black woman with afro buffs i fell out and Modern then witch, uh, this right? might hurt Modern tarot witch. Has a, yeah yeah the this might hurt tarot has a butch lesbian riding a fucking harley as the um as the chariot that's amazing also i have a crush on that card and it's fine but like can you imagine how that teenager how i would have felt at 14 if i went through my tarot deck and i saw indigenous people in it that weren't you know with fucking um, it's got a, a headdress and a deerskin thing and this and a tippy. And I'm like, no, those are different regions of the country. I am very uncomfortable. So, <laughs> so like they don't even have deer in Florida. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that is that representation saves lives and including queerness and transness in all of its beauty into your tarot deck will save fucking lives. Let's not fucking like gild the lily here. Representation makes people feel less othered and feeling less othered makes people feel safe and feeling safe makes people realize that the universe wouldn't have fucking put them here unless they meant it and they needed it. So we need all of y'all motherfuckers. And if you can put a message in your tarot deck that says you are one of us, what else, what else wonderful thing can we do with our jobs? Yeah. What you're, else is you're our, one of us? You're valid. Welcome. You matter. Your you know? transness is seen and beautiful and right here in my lover's card or in my emperor card or in my empress card or whichever card that energy suits, you know, whatever card the certain trans folk that inspired you to make it, you know, makes you feel, I think there's a trans folk that's a devil. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that checks out. Heart yeah. Broken emotionally destroyed not all trans people are nice and that's okay because <laughs> it's like the thing where people think all oh, old people are nice no they're not some old people are fucking assholes but you know not everybody has had the same journey and not everybody is ending up the same way so seeing cards like it's always the lovers that are queer and is is great progress but sometimes annoying so you have to really look at the energy that you're bringing to the deck and the gender and the sexuality that is coming with it you know, so it's kind of like a lot of decks 
And again, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that this is where we're starting. We're starting with a lot of decks that have like um, the strong, capable, I can handle anything as black women or queer folks. Like instead of seeing them as broken and shattered, like we do in media, we see them in the tarot as strong and and, um, like strength and the emperor and stuff like that. And I think there's space in, in the, in queer energy to put a queer person in every card in any card, you know? And, uh, and so that's something we have to look out for too. So yeah, the pain meds have kicked in. Can you tell I'm feeling much <laughs> feeling very vocal, which is good. It's good to hear. You know, oh, I will have been healed from this by the time this post, I may have gotten in a horrific car accident and kept it to myself. Uh, for about three weeks because it was nobody's fucking business. It was really scary, but I am feeling better now. There. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I talked about my business in front of strangers. Uh, anyway. Um, well, no one's really about- a stranger listening to, uh, uh, listening to this podcast. Yes, no, at this point, they're all at our table. They're all sitting around our table at our virtual no, conferences or in person. I love the idea of our podcast as a really big kitchen table because, you know, I remember growing up with my family. And we had, my grandmother had seven kids as necessitated by being Polish Catholic. And then each of those kids had a million kids. And, um, and so when we sat across the table, we just kept finding card tables from the basement. And by the end, the kids were sitting on end tables and it stretched through three rooms of the house. That's our podcast. You know, that's the kitchen table energy. We're going to, we're going to make more tables. We're going to find more seats. There's always room at our table for everybody. And that's what tarot needs to feel like too. It's really important. So uh, we were going to talk about, uh, I went way off. I know I did because <laughs> no. I'm just fucking flying now. No, uh, no. It, no. It, no. I mean, it's, it's a message. It's a message of inclusivity, which I think is also nice. necessary and pertinent to this. Look episode, at me being but necessary and pertinent. Yes. Yeah. So I know cool. that um, Jamie and I talked a little bit before we started recording, um, but Jamie was talking about energy, and mm-hmm. you know, and now we're we're making her you know write another book on seventy eight cards of energy. You heard it here first. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Fucking world announcement. See, I don't mind that because I'll, I'll I will say this. Yeah, what you know, because I listened to um Charlie Claire Burgess. I took a class from them with Sea Grape Apothecary a couple years ago, basically when you know my wife was kind of transitioning and stuff and having surgeries about you know her, you know, queerness or her her gender identity. And Charlie blew my mind about removing the binary from the cards. Now Identity matters. I will say this. Your uh, your gender matters. Your expression and how you look at yourself matters. Your sexuality matters. What, you know, who you who you are attracted to, as well as your romance matters. Like, if you know, for me, I am ace. I am an asexual, pan-romantic person who currently uses she, her pronouns. And, but my mission is to remove the binary is to basically remind people that tarot is a tool that doesn't have to have the gender in it, that the sitter and the reader are the, are the ones that create that story of the figures in the card as being who they are in gender. 
And when Charlie was talking about all this, because they're, you know, they're, I mean, removing the binary is like just the first kind of almost easy step. We can, you know, remove the colonization out of tarot. We can push tarot into all these new realms once we start removing that the the binary, the one and two out. So that has kind of like become one of my personal uh, things that I've been doing over the past few years, especially during the pandemic, is how can I remove the binary out? How can I remove it in such a way that we'll still have intent to the identity of the sitter and the reader, but shows everybody that tarot is a story. Tarot is a, you know, is that tool that you can reimagine the figures on it. And um, Charlie Claire, Claire Burgess is the one that created the fifth spirit tarot and they have queerness everywhere. They have that uh, gender, um, you know, they've kind of removed the binary out. In, in the way that they saw best possible, they've got trans folk in there. They've got non-binary people in there. They've got, you know, a lot of figures. And I t- intentionally use figures now instead of, or people. I just talk about people, not he or she, or they, you know, or, you know, adding in that they, them. I talk about the figures on the card. And then I let my clients guide me to who or what that figure is to them, whether it is male, female, or they, them type you know situation so that's kind of like you know my thing because yeah representation matters i'm going to say that over and over again representation matters in the images representation matters in the stories that we write to teach people tarot yeah and and that was so beautifully said i had to mute myself so i wouldn't get excited and interrupt you are you guys proud of me are you too <laughs> proud of me yes i am very proud of that. you i i will send you a, a star sticker restrained herself um you did you know, um i am a uh non uh, uh wait because there's actually a way like if you're gonna say the short short brown cow it would it, there's a thing in the english language i can't think of the word but if you said the brown short cow people would be like no that's not right but there's a way in which you use qualifiers that we do instinctively so let me get my right. yeah yes. descriptive qualifiers you mean the adjectives yeah. yes. yes shut up um <laughs> don't you talk about grammar to me anybody else got pilgrim nothing don't you talk to me about grammar um, never seen it i know i know i need to Oh no! I should. What is wrong with you? I was like, <laughs> I, just broke I was like, oh god, is her? You know, did her internet? Somebody freeze? broke it over. She's not talking. Hold on. No. Okay. So I am a uh, a daughter of the Morgan, queer, bisexual, white passing indigenous cis female who uses the pronouns she, her. But if you want to call me daddy, you can. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, Actually, that's um, a pretty perfect description. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It's in my new bio. I left out the daddy part. And that, that brings up something that you should know is that you should feel very confident in keeping your sexuality and your sexual preferences private. You don't have to come out to anybody ever, ever. Like mm. I, I, I'm down with some freaky shit, but I always say that because I was Sagittarius and the Vicodin's working, but like on this <laughs> lifeline podcast, but like, <laughs> I have a lot of clients who are in the kink community 
and uh, and they're terrified, terrified, terrified to call anyone else for a reading because a lot of people still kink shame and don't understand the dynamic between like a dominant submissive relationship. And it scares the shit out of them to call someone who might see them. It's the exact same thing. And it's as bad as the, the, the queer folks I read for in the nineties, it was as scary for them to get a tarot reading as it is for kink folks to get a tarot reading now, because if they find out at work, they lose their job. If yeah. their husbands find out that they're into this thing, they lose their marriage. If their kids find out, they feel ashamed. There's zero safe space within without animosity or an, an, anonymity. That's it. Well, both. Ick. So what a icky thing. But there, you know, there are also there are lots of cultures that are, or I guess cultures isn't the right word, but there are lots of folks who feel that if you know anything about their private selves that they will it will ruin their lives and you have to honor their fear you know and that's another reason that making as jamie and hillary have so beautifully said oh wait hillary hadn't talked yet because i kept talking over (laughs) as jamie and i have so brilliantly said um you have to remove the binary for safety's sake yeah. And for peace of mind and for comfort. And you have to look for qualifications that aren't underneath your genes uh, that define who you are, because who you want to show the world, like how you want the world to see you is gender, right? That's what gender is. It's how you want the world. Did I, do, did I get it wrong? Well, no, I'm I'm over. Melissa um, is saying that because I'm shaking my head because I don't want to be seen as the gender. I want to be seen as what I how I um, help people in the world or like my books and like the information that I give. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's just a perception thing and it's a perception thing like, you know, and it can be as private or as or as public as you want it to be. And but yeah, I totally understand that. Unfortunately, there is a percentage of the world where perception does matter and it you are judged by the perceptions of others. So that is the reason why sometimes it can be a very difficult conversation. But I really do like what you're saying about like that is and I and I said this before we started recording to Jamie about the privilege of getting that information. It is an honor if somebody comes out to you, quote unquote. That's an honor and a privilege. And you don't have to do that. You know, that is your information that you are choosing to share with somebody. So, you know, pick people that, that you know, realize that it is an honor to know you in that way. Yeah. Nobody owes you their story. Nobody owes you their gender identity. Nobody owes you an explanation of why they have a beard and fierce fucking eyeliner on. Nobody owes you shit. It's your job as a fellow person we're trying to have a goddamn community here people is <laughs> you go jesus christ what a fierce bitch and get the fuck out they way because if they can do a wingtip eyeliner they're better people than you regardless of their gender or sexuality period <laughs> and you and also get teach the me fuck out the way and <laughs> just teach me yes <laughs> please teach me how to do that because it's amazing but yeah, it's it's not, but we're all right and wrong at the same time, or we're both right in diff- different ways. Yes, we don't want to be defined by our gender, but we also don't want to be afraid to express it. 
And um, if you grow, if you grow in confidence with the tarot, it might never change that you don't want to express it, but at least you'll feel more confident that you're not othered, you know, and that there are other queerdos running around just like you. And you can know that because here they are in your tarot deck, you know, it's, it's a gift. What we do is a gift. The power that we have is a gift. We're reaching out to all of the weird kids who are 10, 12, 14. Actually, how old is our little mascot? Eight. And uh, <laughs> he's doing better readings than me, right? Um, but that that's who we're sending these decks to. They're, they're going to our peers for, you know, business or pleasure. But they're being found by kids. And queer kids are 40% more likely to commit suicide. Trans kids, it's off the fucking charts. Most of them become homeless because they're put out by their families. Um, and uh, we just started a GoFundMe because my husband and I are adopting a trans kid and a, an NB kid, my little raccoon and my little, my little, I said, what kind of animal do you want to be, honey? And they said, uh, I was expecting them to say, get a squirrel or a bunny or something like that and they looked me dead in the face and said i'm a wolf auntie you're goddamn right you are kid so we're adopting these kids and we're going to try to raise forty thousand dollars so that they can grow up and live the lives that they need to and that they should have been afforded and were not given and they are getting the gifts of unconditional love they're getting the gifts of safety and they're getting the gift of being able to express themselves how they feel the most authentically. So if you can, please head over to all of our websites. We've been, we're going to do this until we raise the money. We're, we started June 1st um, and we're recording this in the past. I'm speaking as if it already started. This is trickery. You're being lied Anyway, we're starting the fundraiser for my little raccoon. and. Um, and my little wolf, because they're a motherfucking wolf, auntie. Um, and we're going to make sure that they can, well, this is for anything from, and I'm not going to tell the specifics of what they need assistance with, because that would uh, violate their privacy. But it is the spectrum from changing their legal name from their dead name to adopting them as legal, as as my children. We're actually building a home in our, our, our basement's going to become a bedroom. And that's what some of the, the money is going to, because it's not, uh, I want my kid to have a locking door. That's really important to me. And I want them to have privacy because they don't have privacy right now. And that's not fair and it's not just. Um, and so we, we got them a, a sneaky phone that they folks don't know about that doesn't have a tracker on it. Fuck you. They're 19. Anyway. Um, so, you know, there are things that we're doing already to make sure that they feel safe. Um, and, and our goal is that they never have to be afraid again. And that's what our goal as tarot readers should be. We need to think about the fact that our clients, the people buying the, sh the cards that we make and the books that we write are 14, 18, 23, 42 year olds who are just finding themselves and have questions and they're looking to us for the answers and the first answer should be you belong to us now we're your family we understand you we hear you and we see you not as you show the world but as you see yourself 
we fucking see you and you are loved and you are valued and you are held. That's what our job is to save lives. So that got pretty deep in that shit. Um, <laughs> my favorite deck to do this with is the mystic garbage tarot because they're, it literally forces you to say they, them, because some of the cards have like, uh, it's a lot of naked figure. Like, well, the emperor has a Prince Albert piercing and the empress, uh, is a vulva with the halo as the clitoris and it's fucking beautiful um but it's there are some characters that have one breast um and a i don't know what the fuck's going on downstairs because it's none of my business right and but it's it's there's a ken doll there's like you know people who have it, it's honestly like people put human parts into um a yahtzee thing and shook the fuck out of it and then drew the card. And it's great to see that kind of difference, but it also makes you stop and say, I can't say anything except for they, them, which is appropriate because you shouldn't want to say anything about other people without them letting you know. Right. And so I love that. It also has uh, folks with, with um, scars, with top surgery scars. It has uh, folks like uh, it's so queer and also my favorite card, I think it's the eight of coins. Benjamin Franklin's face is on a hot stripper's body with people throwing money at them. And that's one of my favorite cards ever. I don't know what gender or sexuality Ben Franklin's face uh, with a hot rack is, but that's okay. I don't need to know because Ben Franklin's face hasn't invited me to do so. <laughs> Where on any other podcast are you going to hear that exact sentence? <laughs> Only here at Card Slingers Coast to Coast. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh Jamie, do, Jamie, do you have a, a deck? I do. You'd like to recommend? Well, or, I will. Well, I'm. I have one I that I recommend. Um, well, I've already recommended the the fifth um, Spirit Tarot, which I actually don't own yet. Um, but I will say this about trying to find good like queer, truly queer decks that honor uh, this idea of expansion or going beyond the binary. For me, it's really hard to find something that works for me. So there are a lot of decks out there. You just have to find the one that'll work for you. Um, the one that came close to me is the Transient Light Tarot by Ari Wisner. And I have the first edition decks Um it's really, really thick cardstock, so it's hard for me to shuffle it. But it's also coming out as a Hay House edition later um, this summer, I think in next month in June when we release this podcast. But it's got very little people on it or uh, figures that look like people on it. It's got more of either nature items on it critters it's got um plants it's got like universal universe type stuff on it and it's it's a very kind of simplistic um color palette it's on like um i think the artist drew it on it almost looks like they drew it on like um the the pasteboard the the brown car, you know uh paper there's a name for that and i can't remember it but um, it's it's craft craft paper yeah or craft paper yeah craft paper or cardboard yeah type stuff because he wraps things all beautifully and fancy and yeah yeah that's I mean, the only fucking reason I know that and I only have a <laughs> glue gun because Reese gave me one 
So nice. don't, don't go thinking I'm crafty. Sorry, go ahead. That but yeah, really you know, it's it's um, the transient light tarot is a really good first step into this idea of uh, for me, it was it was one of my first real attempts to find a deck that I can use with all my career friends, including myself. And it, it does take a little bit of time to study and to understand it from that non you know, when you jump from an RWS, that's that old dead white guy thinking way, the patriarchy, the binary, blah, blah, blah. You know, when you're trying to seek things out of it, you know, it's it's going to take a little bit of rewiring and that's okay. How about you, Hillary? What deck would you um, recommend? I, I love I love that you were mentioning about um, nature and animals because um, that really has been almost my workaround <laughs> in a way. Um, and also, you know, the whole concept of I'm a, I'm a wolf auntie yet. Like I work with nature decks because of that, because I feel like sometimes it's not about being human. It's about energy. And I feel like people almost accept that more when you're working with like a nature-based deck that doesn't have humans on it. It has animals or, um, trees or flowers. So, um, in, just um, a couple of examples, the wild unknown, everyone like that is a very like love it or hate it. Like it has its raving fans. Uh, it was and then so it also has people. It was so that, frightening like, to me because it was, it was absolutely like with the fool jumping off of the branch. Oh, the chicken. Uh, yeah. The little tiny chicken jumping off a branch. It was revolutionary to me because up until then, I really think it's the first tarot deck that I ever used that had non-human characters that expressed the intent of the Rider Waite Smith deck with such precision. So much so that when I teach one-on-one classes, I pull out the wild unknown and I say, do you see how they're both afraid? Do you see how they're both looking away from the camera? Do you see how they both hold the, their body in this place? I Perfect choice. Sorry, I had to interject. I just, I just fucking love that. <laughs> Go Kim um, Kranz, you're a badass. Yeah, Kim Kranz is pretty awesome and like uh, some of the some of the other decks that um the wild unknown has created you know are also great examples um the archetypes one that is a circular deck 78 cards i can't call it a tarot deck though because it's archetypes it's not really tarot based like you're not going to see the full card in that particular deck but it's very interesting especially if you want to approach the tarot by looking at archetypes try using an archetypes deck instead of using the tarot and see how those energies going back to the theme, see how those energies uh, are depicted. Um, another example of animal based is the um, animal totem tarot wild... by Lisa Robertson. Sorry. That's a great one. Is it, is it my picks or your picks I, right now? Is I told it my you to turn fucking or... mute me if you wanted me to be muted. So <laughs> I'm Melissa. <laughs> I have just muted her. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yes, I'm sure that deck is excellent, but I don't own it, so I can't speak to it. <laughs> and I'm getting the finger. I don't know. Um, I think both of us got but the, the finger other, for that one. <laughs> the other deck that I was thinking of was the Wild Messengers Alchemical Tarot. Uh, I cannot remember the name of the artist. I'm sorry. We will probably have it in the show notes. We'll, we'll look it up for you, but, um, that deck is beautiful and it has like almost like cosmic art 
animals where it's just like, it looks like a galaxy, but it's like a Robin or a Cardinal or a blue whale. And it is even more precise with marrying the energy of the animal with the energy of that particular tarot card that it's been matched with um, in such a way that it's just like, oh, wow, like I didn't know that about that animal, but also I can completely see why that this animal was matched up to this particular card. And that's true for both the major arcana and the minor arcana in that deck. So I really, really like that one. Um, And then the third one, uh, Tarot of the Burrows by Courtney Weber and George Courtney, um, which unfortunately I believe is out of print at this point. Um, But their lover's card. I got one and it's signed by Courtney Weber. Yes, I have one. (laughs) I have one too. Um, but their lover, their lover's card was, you know, kind of revolutionary at the time that it was created. So I think it, I, I, I don't even think it's two women together. I think it's two people together. And I believe one, if not both of them don't identify as either a man or a woman, if I'm remembering correctly. So check out terror of the burrows and that's a photographic deck, which some tarot readers don't like photographic decks or feel like it inhibits their intuitive flow. I feel like, you know, if it's a good photographic deck, it's going to honor the tarot in the photographs. So anyway, don't everyone speak all at once. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, are you still muted, Melissa? Oh, Melissa, you can unmute okay. yourself, you know, but yeah, those are some great <laughs> picks. Yeah, talk about the um the animal totem tarot. <laughs> I feel like she's muting herself in spite. I have just Come asked on. her to unmute. What a no, what a you goober! I fucking want to unmute. You guys want me to? Mute? Right. <laughs> Somebody else talk about the name on this podcast. That's cool. <laughs> no, that's cool. It can be it can be a Hillary and Jamie show, and I'll just sit back here and look pretty. I don't give a fuck. I'll get uh, paid uh, nine ninety nine. <laughs> Anyway, talk to us a little bit about the Animal Totem Tarot by Lisa Robinson, right? Here's the best story about the Animal Totem Tarot. Jamie got it, and I wanted it immediately, and I was angry. And I was like, listen, just give me the fucking, give me the threes. And Jamie was like, what? And I said, no, fucking, I am such a good tarot reader that I can do readings with just the threes. I'm telling you, Lisa Robertson and the artist who I forget the name, I'm so sorry, but it'll be in the show notes, did such a beautiful job again of using animals to embody the skeleton of, of the writer Waite Smith, which that's all it is, folks. It ain't got no skin on it. It doesn't have, it's just bones. If you look to the writer Waite Smith, yes, tarot is symbols. Yes, tarot is a language of symbols. Arthur Waite said that. He was correct. But symbols matter and we pay attention to them and two women kissing is a symbol of freedom so you have to expand your thought of what symbolism is to be inclusive of actual human beings instead of fucking golden dawn bullshit that doesn't matter to a young black queer kid so anyway what was i talking about Something great. Oh, the story. So, yeah. So it was like, and I was like, just give me the Empress. Just give me one card. It'll be fine. Just give me one. Because the deck was so great. I'm like, I will literally steal your shit while you're sleeping, Jamie. Don't let me into your hotel room tonight. Because this was at a tarot conference. And then the next morning, 
What happened? What had happened, Jamie? So the next morning was, well, we made a big joke because Lisa was also at our table. So it was all of us talking about how um, this this animal totem, Tara, was going to be parsed out. Melissa was going to take the threes. Um, I believe, <laughs> you know, some other people wanted like the fives or something. So the next morning we had um, somebody did not show up for their class. And they were going to they were going to talk about tarot and empress energy or goddess energy. And I called up our good old list and I said, hey, bitch, <laughs> you're up. You want to talk about, uh, you know, goddess uh, empress information right now? And she grabbed her food, sat down and did an ad hoc class that everybody wanted to hear from her. Yeah, I, I basically you know, I'm trying to eat bacon. And here comes Alfred and she goes, uh, who can talk about the Everest for an hour? And I'm like, I, I can talk about anything for however long you need me to, literally. So I sat on a table and I honestly, the, the class was like, mostly for some reason, people older than me at the time. It was a lot of older folks. And they educated me as much as I educated them because I brought in my ideas and they were like, oh, well, if you look at the, you know, and they named a deck that was popular 40 years ago, 50 years ago. And I would go, I got to write that shit down. That's really great. So it was, it was such a great class, but yeah, Lisa Robertson's deck is so amazing that Jamie and I duked out over it. And I ended up having to teach a class about my uh, audacity and hubris. So that was a life lesson from the universe. Oh, you can, you can only use the threes. How about for, for 90 minutes? <laughs> that, it was amazing. Though. It was just full of yourself, bitch. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was a synchronicity that I won't ever forget for that one. That was amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's how good it is. Just so you know. Okay. Oh, I'm also a fan of the slow holler tarot. Um, it is again out of print and I have one. And uh, it has every form of body and body love and um, security and hairy legs and fat asses and bellies and short hair and no hair and long hair and not really sure how this person identifies, but absolutely want to smash faces with them. Like, you know, all of it is there. Every expression of the human condition is found in, in this deck. And it's a mostly femme uh, queer deck, but there are a lot of really lovely representations of masculine queer folks who are often like, I listen, I'm a fan of hard bodies and dicks. That's great. But you can't put out a queer deck that just is just seriously like looking at a dude version of Hustler. There's no reason for it. So, yeah. Anyway, nuance is good in the gay male perspective also. So, yeah. Hillary. There's no one there's no one way of being, I think, is the real crux of this particular episode. (laughs) You know, very true. You you know, again, like talking about your preferences or your sexuality, it's a very personal thing. And, you know, um, I'll I'll say that I'm queer. I'm bi. I am also married to a man. And I feel like <laughs> surprise, everybody. Um, <laughs> if you didn't already know, because um, most people assume that I'm straight because I'm married to a man. Um, but, you know. 
Um, but I wanted to kind of emphasize, you know, we have enough issues to not, you know, in fight with each other. And I don't know, label other people because of that, where it's just like, oh, well, you don't present us that way. And it's just like, so the fuck what? You know, like I like pink. I like wearing dresses. I'm married to a man. That doesn't mean that I'm not attracted to women. I am, you know, I'm attracted to both. So <laughs> you know, yeah. um, does it, ne- does soft, it necessarily all good? The wedding yes. ring doesn't make that go away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's yeah. The, the, it's the presumption it's, it's hurtful. And it's, it's called by erasure. And um, it makes you feel like you don't deserve to be part of pride and you don't deserve to be part of this month. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you, Hillary. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes it is easier to skate on those presumptions because as I said before, it is an honor and a privilege to share that information with other people. And you have to feel like they deserve to know that about you, you know, like, that's like, we see you, we hear you, we validate you. You all are welcome at our tarot table, you know, but at the same time, it is an honor and a privilege to share that information, whatever that information is with the people that you feel deserve to know. I mean, I just did a reading for someone, um, in, uh, a, at a public event, and I only had like five minutes with them, but they basically asked like, when should I come out? When should I come out? It wasn't about how it was more about when. And I'm just like, honey, you don't have to, you don't have to. And, and it, you know, here's, here's a way that, that it's like, I feel like it's not even about the when because they received the, the high priestess. So it was just like, you're going to feel your way, you know, and you're going to, you're going to say it when you feel ready to, and probably in a situation that you're not expecting, but you're going to feel it in that moment. And that's going to be based on your own intuition, because unfortunately tarot doesn't work that way. Where it's just like on Tuesday of August of this month at this time, you know, this is what I'm going to make the announcement. And it's just like, honey, you don't have to, don't have to, you know, it's not a requirement. I had, it's not a requirement I and it doesn't reading. make you any less and it doesn't make you any less queer. No. <laughs> and I had this here, guy here. come up, Pagan Picnic was just, and that's beautiful, by the way, that you are so trusted. That's beautiful. Hell, like it's a fucking privilege. It, you were absolutely, I, I almost teared up during that part. You almost made me cry my own tears. I hate you. Nobody um, makes me bleed my own blood. Exactly. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, but no, it's I had this guy, I gave a reading to you, and he was to 62. Girl, he didn't look it though. He looked good. Um, and uh he was beautiful and he was like very anxious to sit down. And I was like, hi. And this was again in the 90s, you know, we we're we're nervous. That's why I get so pissed off when when younger kids are like, Gator is really inappropriate. Gator saves lives. You know, having a feeling that somebody might be queer like you saved lives. Because what if you accidentally hit on a straight person or touch them or talk to them in a way that they found offensive? Guess what happened? You got jacked. You you got hurt. And so I don't want to hear any shit about Gator. It's fucking annoying. It's forgetting how it used to be. And that's not okay. Anyway. 
but he sat down and I was like, I go, honey, it's fine. And he smiled really broadly because that was usually my calling somebody honey was my way of letting them know that I, I got it, that I was not the anti-gay, right? I was not a homophobe. And um, straight people thought I was Southern. So gay people knew what I was talking about and straight people thought I was Southern. Um, but hey, whatever said, works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> honey, it's fine. And his wife of 30 some years had just died. And he was so, his hands were trembling. And he said, I don't know how to date boys at 62 years old. And he had not told a single soul in his life with a wife for 30 some years and three children. He did not know how to date boys. And he said, I went to some of those, those websites and they scared me because that's, I just want to hold hands with a, a boy. That's all I've, that's all I wanted to do. Right. Then I was like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to join. He said he was a big fan of chess or whatever. And he and his wife used to play chess. And, uh, and there, I, there's a place in St. Louis that's like a chess place. I don't know. I don't play chess. It's like a restaurant or something. And a bunch of people are smarter than me sit around and move queens around. That's all I know about chess. So I said, go to this place and start becoming a regular and just get to know people as people with a shared interest. And then you'll find your person because I saw it right there. It was going to happen like so fast, so fast. And I gave him my phone number because I just wanted him to have like, I mean, let me know what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell me what happens, bitch. And so he called me and he was like, I held hands and his name is Hank and we have another date on Tuesday. And it was like three months later, I think. And so it's not, what a privilege to be the only person who knew that for his entire life, he wanted to hold hands with a chest nerd named Hank. You know what I mean? That's fucking, that's a gift. What we do is a gift. And so our tools should honor that gift. And our tools should reflect back the communities that we read for and that we, we carry secrets for. I am, I am only out. I only came out like three years ago because I was afraid to. Um, and the only reason I'm out is because when I, I had somebody, I slipped on a podcast or something or an interview that I'd done and they said that I was bi and I was like, ah, okay, well. My parents don't listen to podcasts. It's fine. They don't know how to work them on their phone. And, um, and then somebody who'd heard the podcast emailed me and said, I have never been able to tell anybody else that I'm bisexual. And thank you for saying it out loud for me. And then I came out the next Pride Month and started doing Pride as fundraiser month for my little business. And now every time I say I'm bisexual, I'm doing it for seven people. Because seven people have written me and said, thank you for coming out because I never have been able to. So our words matter. Our tools matter. Inclusivity matters. Fucking representation matters. Having a community-based tarot saves lives. It's that important. So 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Did we skip a part? Jamie, what's your favorite thing? We're good. <laughs> We're good. Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Cardslingers Coast to Coast. You can check out more episodes at cardslingerscc.podbeam.com. And please send us your questions at cardslingerscc at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.